Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I write an automotive column for Bay Area News Group, and I edit and publish the website, theweeklydriver.com. My co-host is Bruce Aldrich, and today our guest is Ben Oslander. And uh, Ben, I said Bruce, I of course apologize, we'll edit quite easily. Our guest today is Ben Oslander, and he is the Vice President of Sales and Marketing for Pit Stop Connect. And the company's tagline or motto or signature, if you will, is predicting vehicle failures before they happen. Uh, ben, welcome to our podcast. We're eager to jump into things uh, in the uh, the world of c- connected cars. It, it, it's changing about every five minutes. So welcome to our podcast and, and fill us in, if you will, with an overview of, of what your company is up to. Sure. First, let me let me just thank you for having me. It's exciting sure. to be on this, uh, and looking forward to, to talking a little more about about the industry and connected cars. And as you did mention, it, it is changing rapidly, and there's a lot of exciting things going on. And it, realistically, it's it's all about making the end driver's life better, faster, easier. So um, that's that's what we're trying to help do. Um, so the the company I work for today, Pit Stop, is again, as you mentioned, predicting vehicle failures before they happen. And what we're doing is we're taking connected car data, we're doing deep AI and analytics on that data, and we're able to start seeing trends such as a battery failure sometimes weeks before that happens. It's pretty cool stuff. Um, I I don't know if you've ever been in a vehicle that didn't start when you went out to it in the morning uh, or had a battery never, failure. Never. Don't, no, don't know no. what you're talking about. I have about. no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, that's right. And we, we all know that's just a miserable experience. Yeah. So uh, that's that's what we're trying to do at, at Pit Stop is get connected as many vehicles as possible so that we can help that from happening. Now, obviously, there's some you know fleet use cases where those vehicles are revenue generating uh, and downtime is really important. And so that there's a... a distinct business and value prop associated in the fleet space that we're, we're definitively answering today. So your company, Pit Stop Connect, is really into this big data thing and artificial intelligence, right? You're, you're aggregating all this big data that cars are developing or, or spitting out, and you're capturing it and then using it, correct? Yeah, that is correct. Yeah, well, so we're we're like I said, we're accessing the the data coming off a vehicle, and we're taking it and creating something valuable from it. How are you? How are you getting? Sure. How are you getting the data? Who who supplies that to you? So we are uh, a software layer that is tapping into uh, various fleet telematics providers. We've built partnerships with companies like GeoTab and Samsara and Fleet Complete, and they have been uh, you know valuable access points to getting. Also working with some of the auto manufacturers uh, to to get data, you know, on a direct basis. Okay. The general public, um, Bruce and I are in the industry. You are in the industry. Uh, the general public. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I might be embellishing this a little bit, but do you think that there's a backlash that some people are saying? You know, I I don't want all this stuff. I, I'm I'm intimidated by technology. Maybe I don't want to know. And it. <laughs> all of these different things that are happening because it involves bells and whistles that I'm not comfortable with. And when I say bells and whistles, forgive the layperson's terms here, but is there an education process that's on the horizon that the general public is going to be won over by this stuff? 
You know, I believe so. And it comes down to the value proposition, right? Mm -hmm. If I can take your data and create something valuable that you can take use in, well, sure, you're going to be a lot more likely or accepting to to a company like ours getting access to that data. And so I, I think it really comes full circle back to the value proposition and making sure you're able to provide something that's just useful and valuable. Can you describe the difference between predictive maintenance and uh, preventive maintenance? And, and that's a great question. So uh, preventative maintenance to me is uh, when you just go get your oil changed arbitrarily because, you know, your car manufacturer says, you know, why don't you go get that done every 5,000 miles? So that is where I would say predictive lies or preventative, excuse me. But where predictive is, is we're analyzing trends on your vehicle and we're comparing it to previous failures and we're able to get out in front of some of the failure points that could happen. Uh, and that allows us to uh, be able to see, hey, you, your brakes are looking like they, they need to be replaced or the battery is about to fail um, you know, all, uh, air filter, something like that, that might help your fuel. Uh, we're able to get out in front of a lot of those things uh, before they fail. It looks like, yeah, that's that's great. Make it happen, please. <laughs> Save yeah. me money. I like <laughs> it. Um, the onboard diagnostic um, plug on all cars have now for the last, what, 20 years or more. Um, that's where you're, the, you're these analytic tools are plugged into that and then that's what how you get your information battery voltage is on there the airflow the emissions the i guess brake usage is 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 giving data out of that onboard diagnostic uh, tool port yeah, yeah the, so the the obd2 port which most cars have today uh, most cars and trucks heavy trucks have them um is where we're able to pull you know a lot of simple you know a lot of those different and they're called PIDs or parameter ID, and those are different data points. And yeah, that's where we're um, accessing a lot of the data we're getting today. They're probably on the horizon for broadening that, I would suspect, or maybe even you guys are pushing for more more uh, data points to be spit out of cars. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're data monsters. The more we can get, the, the better we are. Um, the, the more our models can train, the smarter they get. And, and they are evolving and adapting over time. As we see more and more failures, our models are learning and improving and getting better. So uh, that's part of the exciting part of the technology is that they, uh, the models are constantly learning, adapting, and growing, that, uh, which makes for a, a better end customer experience. I'm and I think to actually go a step further, where you were starting to point to is, you know, what are the trends that are going to allow for more data? Um, and, and that's where, you know, we do see opportunities to partner with the car companies as they're building more of this into the vehicle. Um, there, there's tremendous amount of opportunity, you know, to continue to work uh, upstream as the car companies start to, to build this in the vehicle. Yes. Uh, I assume that like um, Tesla probably has some more upstream um, diagnostics. Would that be correct? Or do you know? Yeah, I, I, they do have some items that are, are, are further upstream. Um, specifically, I, I, maybe I'm not the best person to talk to their solution. Uh, we have tapped into some of their vehicles and we, um, uh, do have value add we can provide on those. But anyway, that, that's more the trend, I believe, right? You know, over, over the, correct. Yeah. 
Ben, I'm looking. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking at some of your background here, and I I should have mentioned it earlier, but I'll mention it now. You worked for many years with the GM OnStar uh, program, and you uh, helped launch VW's connected car in North America. I was thinking back mm-hmm. to um, being at a, a vehicle function many years ago when they introduced OnStar and was blown away that you could actually do something like that. But now it seems almost like it's archaic. It just seems like a hundred years ago. Uh, and the people still using that system. And, and if you don't mind diverting, could you give us, um, if you have a fun story, I mean, I've like other people, you sometimes people push the button by mistake. You have to apologize. Um, is there something in your, in your way back machine that could, you could just share a lighthearted moment from your experience with, with the OnStar program? A uh, lighthearted moment. Uh, or um, something out of the ordinary that just comes to mind. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, we used to, so by, by the way, uh, OnStar is a great product and people are still absolutely using it today. Thank you. Um, so I, I think that uh, it, it was a tremendous learning experience. They were, we were pioneers in, in the space, in the connected car space, you know, and it started with a model that was very much based on safety, security, on, you know, making people feel more comfortable and safe around their vehicles. And what, as technology has adapted as, you know, more and more cars have, have taken in the connected car and, and uh, you know, uh, the different features that are needed so that, so that the car is connected, like using your mobile app to start your vehicle, things of that nature. Yes. Um, as we've seen more and more of that. Um, so it, it just has, has evolved the industry. So looking back, it, you know, um, it, it was so cool to be a part of the early days and the early stages of it. Uh, so I, I, I mean, I think it, when I'm thinking a lighthearted moment, unfortunately I went the other direction and, you know, we, we oftentimes were reminded at OnStar of, of the impacts we were having on people's lives. And unfortunately, you know, sometimes you hear some of the, the calls that came in that were, um, how should I put this? Uh, Frightening. you know, people that were in accidents that were yeah. in tough spots. Sure. So, sure. Uh, we went through a lot of training and, and listening to those calls so we, we could understand how we were impacting people and, and affecting their lives by, by, you know, quite honestly, saving people's lives. And so I think that's, that was, you know, what always has stood out to me about my time with, with GM and OnStar was, you know, getting to, to, to do those types of things that, that really, you know, saved lives. I guess I, uh, way to put it. I sure. should apologize a little bit. I didn't mean to take anybody's safety in a lighthearted way, but I just thought, you know, <laughs> yeah, maybe no. somebody left the system on when it shouldn't have been on. They were in an argument or screaming at the kids, whatever. But of course it's well, saved, it saved lives. And, and that would be the, the overriding thing, of course. Yeah. I mean, you used to get the, the people who would be, you know, lonely and at night and push the buttons and you know start talking to <laughs> call center operators thank you so for I that that's what i was like, going go. <laughs> i was going for that thank you all right we'll uh, go with that, then. <laughs> um on the horizon is the la automotive show uh bruce and i are mm-hmm. going and everybody's looking forward to getting back to that from um the covid world uh, is your company going to have a presence there or you're more, maybe you are more in tune to some of the technology shows and do you have a presence at some of those shows on the horizon? So if, if someone in the industry is interested or the public is interested, uh, are you available to, to educate people, uh, with a, you know, a marketing program or something? Yeah. So, uh, love the LA auto show. I've been an attendee in the past. It's a, it's a great forum. They've got a tremendous, uh, technical, 
symposium that happens, you know, the day or two before the show. I, I hope you guys get a chance to attend that. Um, we, I have, you know, we, I was contemplating being, you know, showing up and, uh, you know, intermixing with, with industry folk. Um, I, I haven't made my arrangements just yet, but, um, the COVID thing has got me a, a little bit hesitant, but, um, you know, I am really looking forward to getting back out in the world and shaking hands and seeing people and, and getting back to business as normal as much as possible. Yeah, I agree. I, can't wait. I hope the show's there and I hope you're there so uh, <laughs> we can all get back to normal. What about um autonomous cars coming up? Is are you going to you'll have a presence in that just as much as the cars we drive today? I, I I absolutely and and I think as the cars become more and more autonomous, uh it becomes more and more to, important to be able to analyze, predict and and diagnose problems on a vehicle in advance. So that's um, a, a tremendous opportunity for our company, and that's where you know we'll we'll fit in and and play an even bigger role in the future. I I was reading one thing. Um, I think it was uh, within the fleet realm in your company, mm -hmm. and I guess there's actually some data that can um, s sort of predict or show how a driver is driving if he's jumping on the brakes, if he's jumping on the gas, and you know some drivers aren't as hot as others um yep and and your your job and you don't want to you know single out a person but at least that'll show that this is why joe's you know having to change his brakes every fifty thousand miles instead of a hundred like everybody else or something like that right that's that's kind of interesting analog uh, analytics that come in in the back play it, it does and it goes hand in hand and it, we have um an actual white paper we wrote on our brake model, on our brake prediction model, that you can pull off our website at www.pitstopconnect.com. And part of the data that we're pulling, and it's on a per-vehicle basis, allows us to see how much uh, you know pressure people are applying to brakes. And that's what's allowing us to create those predictions. And so as a, a side note, we have been able to create analytics around which vehicles are being... Uh, you know, over brakes or is that even a word or under brakes? <laughs> so I think, um, you know, that that's part of the analytics that we can help provide based on our platform. Yeah, the other, that's interesting. Last week I was uh, driving um, a Hyundai Santa Fe and uh, mm -hmm. at, a, at a stop stoplight, I wasn't texting or looking at my phone in some other capacity. I was probably just daydreaming. Did you overbreak it? I didn't overbreak it. I didn't inc incorrectly break. <laughs> but the what came on is something I've never seen before, and it said the person ahead of you is leaving. The person ahead of you has has moved their car, and I've never seen that designation. I've seen you know you're drowsy, time to get a cup of coffee. I've seen other other things, mm -hmm. but that was a first, and I wondered if if there are some things on the horizon in, in that area that uh, drivers will be told, um, you know, you're looking left instead of looking right. Your, your, your eyes are too far down. Move your eyes up on that. I can't, I can't predict, but are there things that are out there that we should be aware of? Well, there's some crazy things they're doing uh, in, in, in cabin with just advanced detections. Um, you know, some crazy ADOS features that are coming out that are getting better and better more robust. Um, and again, it, it all leads down to the autonomous path, which you'll start to, you know, see vehicles. And, and I, it's really crazy because I, I have a, a three-year-old daughter and I, I honestly, I, I don't know that when she's going to turn 16, that she'll be driving cars anymore. 
So I think it's just a, a, a very different mindset. There's um, evolution that's needed to get there, and that's where you see some of the eye detection, some of the, the, the breaking things that you're, you're experiencing. I mean, that's all part of that, that story to get to an autonomous car. The data points on those things are just off the hook. I can't imagine what that's going to be like when you guys are probably ahead of that curve already. But I, I, I don't even know what how, how to read. Cars will talk to cars. Cars are called. Yeah, thank you, Bruce. Cars will talk to cars. I don't know. V to V communications. That's that's correct. That, but that's again how you start to, you know, program traffic lights to avoid accidents. I mean, so many cool things that can be done once that that becomes more proliferated. Since we're new to you, uh, and you'll forgive us a little bit for not um, having all the expertise, what other areas should be we be aware of um, that your company's up to? Give us some other things that are on the horizon. Great. Um, so we are really looking towards the electric future and building out content capabilities that will help fleets and vehicle owners proliferate or join the electric movement. I mean, we think that's very important for our environment, um, and it's an exciting thing that we're doing is we're building and training models today so that um, the electric future can be more predictive. That will include government and telling they have to make roadway changes to help things along? Um, or I mean, if no? If you're talking about infrastructure to charge electric vehicles, uh, yes. I mean, that, that old too, government yeah. is definitely support, supporting that. Um, is And we've talked to numerous massive government fleets uh, i won't call out the specific cities but you can imagine we've talked to a handful of, of the largest cities in the, in the u.s um, and they have mandates to uh become more electric you know most of them are over time you know five ten percent each year to to switch their fleet and become more electric i mean last week how, how relevant because last week we as we all know that um hertz and tesla have come to an agreement with a hundred thousand uh, Tesla's being available as rental yep. cars. And if Tesla's the first, I don't even know if they are. I mean, they're the most prominent, maybe not the first, but that will only lead to other companies following suit, whether it's Lucid or Rivian or some of the others. Uh, yep. So that's just going to be more and more. So the general public who uh, might not be in line to buy an electric vehicle may test the waters, so to speak, test the roads, I should say, with renting an electric vehicle. So it just seems uh, on that level, it's just going to be more and more, uh, dare I say, the wave of the future is now. It, it really is. Um, I mean, you, you hear every day uh, the car companies are announcing, uh, you know, 50% by 2025 or 100% by 2030. I mean, we just you see the announcements. Um, you're starting to see you know, all the different car companies are showing product that's electric. It really is exciting. Uh, exciting time for the industry to help produce, you know, those greenhouse gases, um, that are, are hurting our planet. So now they just got to get people to buy them, which that's, they haven't been able to do. That's yet. right. We got to work on that part of it. Yeah, that's right. Well, you, you guys are in California, right? Yes. So, I mean, you must see, you know, we, electric vehicles all over the place. We do see we a do. lot in California. And, well, and we also have the mandate, I think by 2035, that no more, uh, fossil fuel vehicles sold. That's right. We, there uh, it is. Yeah. Hey, hey, Ben, I, I uh, want to say thanks for being available. Um, you busy schedule. The, the, like we said early on, the world's just changing in the automotive space all the time. So we know that you're, you're busy and you got good things going on. We want to thank uh, ben, ben Oslander. Um, long title, but we'll say it. Uh, 
Vice President of Sales <laughs> and Marketing for PitStopConnect.com. Check out the website. It's a uh, it's a place to get educated on stuff that's just happening all You'd the time. Think of. You, you, you never think of it. You never think of it, but it's a good place to go yeah. visit. So. Ben, um, thanks for your expertise today on our podcast, the Weekly Driver Podcast. We appreciate the time. Thank you. I appreciate getting to join you guys. You have a great show. And uh, if there's anything else I can ever do for you, please let me know. Thank you very much. Enjoy the day, sir. Thank you.